Welcome in to another edition of the Tap of the Keg Podcast, episode, episode. five thirty-eight. Charlie here with you. We are breaking down trade deadline for the Milwaukee Bucks. Really, the trade deadline that wasn't they didn't get Pat Beverly. We'll talk about that. Talk about not moving Pat or Bobby. We'll also discuss uh, what happened in the East. Uh, the rest, how does it affect the Bucks the rest of the way? Um, the state of the Bucks, a um, lot of basketball. Maybe we'll get in a little bit of, of Brewers as well as Super Bowl stuff uh, later in the show if there's time, but who knows. Uh, but we got to talk to our guy, Mitch. What's happening, dude? Uh, we got tornadoes in Wisconsin in, in February. Yep. Bucks getting blown out. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's it's yeah, all the, the sky has fallen tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I'd have to look back at, you know, the Bucks didn't have a lot of these droughts with Bud because they were such a good regular season team. But they did have a couple where it was like, it, but it just at this point doesn't feel like you're going to win. I think you compound the lack of deadline activity that the Bucks had today and people are just kind of losing their shit. It was a lot of mopiness on Twitter uh, after after the deadline. A lot of woe is me, but that is the Wisconsin sports fan model. If you're not a Packers fan, you just have to be just down in the dumps at all fucking times and that everything's against you and that your owner can't pay enough money. And it's just like, I'm so sick of it, Mitch. I'm sorry to start off hot, but I'm just so, <laughs> I'm just so, so fed up with people acting like pussies. Like we just like, you have to understand that not everything's going to get handed to you. It's not going to be easy. Guess what? These NBA GMs are not idiots. They saw what we saw, that Pat Connaughton and, and, and Bobby Portis are bad players. And that just didn't happen. And now we just have to figure it out with the guys we have. So I guess we're not starting with Pat Pat. We're starting with the lack of movement. But I feel like that's yeah. where we are at with your, yeah, that's, with your comment. That's I guess that's the story. I mean – it is. I mean, yeah, I think it, I, I really think it is. I mean, I think it's important. They got Pat Beverly and we'll talk about it later, but I, I think the big story is the lack of movement and just the kind of the freak out that ensued after it. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely think it, I mean, I don't know. I guess I wasn't sitting on Twitter all day today. I mean, unfortunately yeah. my, my job doesn't really allow me to do that. So, um, especially lately. So, um, I, uh, you know, I do get notifications from Woj and, and Sham, so I all I have to do is glance at my phone and I can kind of see. Mm. So I didn't really miss a trade, but you know, um, but I would say, you know, obviously during this game, I was noticing some pretty good meltdown happening um, just with this team screwed and, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not there, but like, there's, I definitely think that, <laughs> I don't know that, that there's, that there's, uh, I think I've had a little bit of a recalibration in terms of, uh, you know, I don't expect them to win the championship, I guess, anymore. Uh, okay. it's going to be, it's going to be, and, and by expect, I mean, you know, they were going to, and now I don't, I don't think they are like, I mean, it, it, it it's, it's uh it can happen you know don't get me wrong there's a long way to go you know there's um 
obviously good players on this team. There's great players in this team. Um, and yeah, it's going to have to come from within. And, you know, part of me, I guess the lack of movement, I, I don't think there was a great trade out there. Um, mm -hmm. as you kind of alluded to with, with, with Bobby and Pat, but perhaps like, even if, even if a team did, um, even if a team did value Bobby Portis, let's say, um, who probably I would think has more value, um, around the league than, than Pat. Um, but even if there was, I mean, what are you going to do? Go get a Andrew Wiggins. I just, I really didn't like that. Um, yeah, I mean his contract's massive. I mean he's getting twenty six. But not million. even like yes, that that, but also like, what would he? I mean, would he be the fifth starter then? Yeah, I mean they'd making, you bring B, you bring twenty, making thirty million dollars a year. Right, you bring B's off the bench. You actually might get slower. Weirdly enough, like you you lose kind of a transition guy. You know, with Be Beasley can you know run in transition. He's not exactly you know, a great, um, shall we say finisher. Um, but he gets out, he gets out on the break. Uh, Wiggins to me, doesn't exactly do that. Like, I don't think Wiggins is slow, but I don't really consider Wiggins a true transition guy. And yeah, he would have to be starting. I mean, I think Dorian Finney Smith is kind of in that same, same category. Dorian Finney Smith is probably, probably bench. Right. But you really are giving up all those assets for Dorian Finney Smith. I think where it comes back to it, and I put it more on Mike Boonholzer than I do John Horst, but they gave up five second round picks for Jay Crowder. That was an overreaction. That was a yeah, that's a lot. We we were and whether they were worried about Giannis leaving, whether they were worried that they didn't have a title team and they needed this quote unquote PJ Tucker like guy to sort of, you know, be there for them. I, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I, I think that that was, in retrospect, a really rash decision because, lo and behold, who gets Royce O'Neal for three second-round picks, Phoenix Suns? Granted, doesn't hurt the Bucs in the long run, but guess what? If the Bucs had a couple of those second-round picks packaged with that Portland pick, Guess who, guess who has Royce O'Neal right now? Guess who's talking about Royce O'Neal? I'm not a huge Royce O'Neal guy, but Royce O'Neal is a lot better than some of the bench guys we we currently have. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that one that one kind of stung a little, I suppose. If if of like of the realistic targets and what they ended up going for, that one kind of kind of made it seem like, well, well, that's kind of the kind of the nail in the coffin in terms of uh was for the trade deadline for the Bucks. I mean you had um Kelly Olynyk goes to the Raptors for some reason. Um, yeah the Raptors the Raptors fuck that's another team. The I know Raptors I know Mas I know Masai Masai walks on water but I don't know what the fuck they're doing. But oh, hey I mean I'm again these NBA GMs aren't aren't stupid so um but you know they're 17 and 33 yet they keep continuing to kind of shuffle the deck chairs and you know, I, I don't know. They, they didn't seem to get like that many young players or, or picks for their guys. No. So, no, it, know, it's it, he goes he goes to a team that that is going nowhere. But anyway. right. Well, they and they just screwed everything up because they they get they get Olenek and they get a uh, 
Obaji. I can't pronounce his name. I want to try. I got it. Yeah. And then uh, they also get Dennis Schroeder, who, again, I don't really like Dennis Schroeder. I mean, I I guess, would you rather have Pat Bev or Dennis Schroeder? I'd probably slightly rather have Pat Bev, but I, I, I do. So. Schroeder, I, Schroeder did cross my mind as like, oh, well, I mean, he's better yeah. than campaign. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors, yeah, they just it, it screwed up a lot of things. And I think that would, you know, that compounded the issues. And then you had the Dallas thing where there was always, there were rumors about a Bobby Portis, Grant Williams deal. They end up taking PJ Washington. PJ Washington to me, like has more upside than, than Bobby Portis. I PJ's stats are actually worse than Bobby's, but I don't know. Wouldn't you rather PJ Washington than Bobby Portis? Yeah, I probably would. I think that was, that was a better move for them. I mean, right. Um, I think Bobby's probably a little a little taller than PJ Washington. PJ Washington's probably like is like an undersized kind of power forward, I guess. He's like six seven, six eight. Um, probably plays a little bigger, but yeah, there's definitely more upside to that. The problem is, isn't he a restricted free agent in the offseason? So uh, yeah, now, yeah. They also have a decision to make with him again. They seem to like to do that, get pick up guys that they gotta. You know the Kyrie thing. They got him last right. year at the deadline, and yep. ended up keeping him. And um, you know he's been mostly normal and fine this year when he when he plays, and he's mostly been playing, I guess. But yeah, uh, he hasn't he hasn't had a Kyrie. He really hasn't had the Kyrie outburst or anything like that. And yeah. so I I mean yeah, and then that so that falls apart. Like literally, I took notes as the deadline was going on, and I said, and then I put with the Dallas trade, I go fuck fuck fuck. And like, yeah, because I like I knew it like at that point, I was like, oh, we could be screwed. We could be really, really screwed here. And that's and that's where it is. And now we're at a point where it's like, okay, we have these guys. And before we talk Bev, like we have Pat and Bobby. And Pat, Pat and Bobby have both played more minutes because of the injuries to Middleton and Lillard uh, the last two games. Now you got to figure it out. Yeah. Now it's on the real test for Doc Rivers is figuring out, all right, how do I work Bobby and Pat into this offense and make sure that they are not playing together? Make sure that they're playing with guys that are defensive sort of stalwarts, whether it's Brooke, whether it's Giannis. And what do I do? I mean, you say something nice about Pat Connington. He had nine assists tonight. That's that's a good thing. Say something nice about Bobby Portis. He only shot the ball 12 times. That wasn't the high in terms of field goals for the night. Which is hilarious because he waits until, like, everybody's hurt to all of a sudden not be aggressive. And, like, it's well, right like, can't, because can't win with the fucking guy. Because I I truly, truly believe, like, Bobby's thing is, like, he feels like he has to prove himself all the fucking time because he's created this, like, underdog personality. And it's like, dude, we just need you to be, like, the 2021 version of yourself. And I do think, like, the psychological stuff it, Doc Rivers, I think, is going to be really good at. You heard Jared Greenberg talk about it on... Tuesday's TNT broadcast that he talked with Dame and told Dame, like, just be yourself. Like, don't worry about like everybody else. Like you're like one of the best players in basketball. We'll work around you. Like, don't do the opposite. 
And I'm sure part of that was probably is left out, but he's like, tell me what's not working. Tell me what's, what's pissing you off. What do you not like about this offense? What could we do to change this? And I'm sure the same conversations are being had with Antetokounmpo, but like, so if they, if he's like, and I'm not saying he, this is total conjecture of like, Oh, Bobby's a problem. But like, maybe there is like that conversation with Bobby about like, Hey, look, man, you are not, you don't need to prove shit. Like you are a very valuable player to us. We love your energy. We love your spirit, but you just gotta, you just gotta like, just do your, you know, play within the offense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Within the flow of of things instead of constantly get the ball on the block. And it's like nine and a half times out of 10, it's going up. And that's, you know, and then, like I say, ironically, the games where you don't have a shot creator outside of Giannis, it's like, now you're going to be, you know, moving the ball around and, um, and it's probably hurting the team in that, in that situation, because you're just, you know, the offense, you know, I happen to see in the ticker, they're now fourth in the NBA in offensive rating. Um, And like, if you're going to be, 18th in defensive rating, I think it said in the NBA right now. You know, if you're going to be middle of the pack at best on defense, I mean, your offense has to be has to be pretty elite. And right. it's kind of it's kind of slipped a little bit. And, and you know, again, and that's what I was going to say. It's it's a rough stretch right now, and I'm I'm hanging I'm hanging in there. Well, um, I, it just I, pisses I will... me off that like, you know, you fire your coach, Doc Rivers. It's it's a meme. It's a joke. He's getting shit on constantly by national media now. And it's, it's just a constant joke on Twitter. Doc Rivers, this, but like, he's kind of gotten fucked. I mean, like, oh, totally. you, have, oh, you, have a, you have a five game, a tough five game road trip that, you know, was, was over before it started with, with the, the coaching change and bringing him on, you know, essentially meeting the team in Denver. And yep. um, now you have got the last, and then at the end, towards the end of the road trip, you know, by the end of the the very end of the road trip, you're down two or three starters. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, a, a, a huge time of like turmoil right now. Oh God, and like, like and, and like, like and it's not really his fault. First of all, like let's just let's all let's just take a step back. Like like timeline this out. Besides the doc stuff, Wednesday Dame goes back to Portland. He cares more really about the homecoming than he does the actual game, and then tries way too hard. Portland has a chip on their shoulder, basically wants to shove it in Dame's face. They do just that. They beat us, which was the worst loss of the year. And it's so funny that if they win that game, everything's a little different, right? Like everybody's feeling a little bit different about what's going on. Great win in Dallas. They have one practice together. Lo and behold, everything looks great. Then they go to Utah, they play well for three quarters and just run out of gas. I felt like that was my only critique of Rivers so far is he didn't manage minutes well enough to get them to the finish line. He kind of just mm-hmm. played in the moment versus like give, making sure that Giannis and Dame were ready to go in that fourth quarter and Beasley and others. And then then and then he get and then Dame gets hurt in that game. Can't play thir- uh Tuesday night. Then Chris gets hurt right away on Tuesday and it's like it's just the and Brooke wasn't in there for half of it as well. So it's like mm-hmm. it's just year from hell type sh- or like week from hell type shit. And it's like we just need to get everybody back together. Maybe Chris is going to be out for an extended period of time. 
and you won't have Chris, but if at least you get Dame for the second half of this back-to-back, that will be splendid. Yeah. And there's two days off after tonight's game right. against Charlotte. And, um, that'll be a long two days if you know what happens. Oh, right. Um, yeah. If they yeah, if they lose to Charlotte, I mean, it's going to – all hell's going to break loose because Charlotte has been awful. They're, they're playing better, quote-unquote, because Brandon Miller has been a revelation. And everybody who questioned taking Brandon Miller over Scoot looks pretty dumb. Um, and Miles Bridges has come kind of out from the ashes and is playing well as well. So, like, they're kind of figuring their shit out. So that's a little nerve I'm guessing. I'm guessing Rozier moving out has probably opened the door for Brandon Miller to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Right. Um, you know, not. I have not watched a single Hornets game that the Bucks haven't played against them. Um, but that would be my my uh, my thousand foot uh, view of the situation. That of course he's going to look better. It's honestly kind of what's happened with Dame this year, where mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have a forty plus percent usage rate with the Bucks, and you know it's probably that you know it's the main reason why he struggled. You know, at least on the court, but. Um, yeah, so if they lose to Charlotte, I mean it's it's going to be hell. And then you know that's Charlotte's kind of the one one cupcake here. Um, with you got Denver on Monday, then Miami. I think after that is that a that might be a back to back. Is that Monday and Tuesday? Yeah, I mean it yep. just it just never yes. ends. Well, right, I mean, and it, that that's and that's the problem. That's the problematic part is that you know the Knicks now. I know OG is now out for a while and they're kind and of and, and, and Hartenstein uh hurt his Achilles tonight. Yeah. So so they have no size. I mean they're hot. The Cavs can't lose. Uh, right. the Cavs will, Cavs have got hot and then have have a have a just a cakewalk um the last the last couple of weeks. You know, they've had a really easy schedule. They're playing the Wizards and the Nets every night. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I mean they they have they have to go to Toronto and then they have Philly Chicago before the All Star break. So I, they find, yeah find me a better time to catch the Sixers. I mean I don't think right. can. oh that's yeah no that's true too. I mean look it, yeah it's it's going to be a comp you know yeah the Bucks have to avoid the four seed. I mean that's really the goal. So you don't have to play the Celtics in the in the second round, and that's really the hope is to avoid the four seed. And they just have to get healthy, get everybody together and try to figure it out and, and kind of figure it out on the fly. I mean, I don't think they will. I think the league would kill the Bucs if they did this. But I would personally love if Damon Giannis didn't do the All-Star game. And they oh, were I just know. like, they were just, all right, we're going to stay here, lock in, basically yeah. do a training camp. Like, we're not going on vacation. We're not doing this. And we're just going to get back to work. And maybe, maybe there will be some of that where it's like, they have that whole fucking week and and like they play Minnesota again after the all-star break. And next Friday. Yeah. 9 PM start will be great for those who are in, in the country during that time. Um, I'm going to that game. It's it's seven, I believe actually. No, I have it. I have it 9 PM on ESPN. Um, on a Friday evening, wow. Mitchie. They moved that. That's fucking brutal. I'm sorry. Um but exactly what happened last year. Nine o'clock Friday game. They have two we have two nine PM Friday games. They have the nine PM game against the Bulls on, on Friday the first as well. Stupid. A lot of lot of late 
lot of late night Bucks Bucks games. I mean, yeah, they definitely moved that. That was not a nine o'clock game. I missed that. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are going to have opportunities here now to to make make a run a little bit, and not necessarily make a run, but like kind of start figuring it out after the All Star break. I think it's just like okay, you have Charlotte, you have Denver, you have Miami, you have Memphis to finish out. So that's let's see, one, two, three. That's four games. Charlotte and Memphis are very winnable. Miami, I would still say, is a winnable basketball game. Miami is not playing all that well. They're playing a little bit better. But they're not exactly like just the creme yeah. de la creme right now. So if you could go three and one in that stretch, that's all right. Then you kind of have some momentum heading into the break. You kind of start, you know, feeling yourself a little bit. You are what would that be? You'd be 30, be 36 and 20 heading into the all-star break. That's not bad. I'll take that. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just see. I mean, I, I think, yeah, it gets really ugly if Charlotte, if Charlotte's a loss and that's where, that's where then it really, really gets bad because you, you do have the two weeks or two days off and it's just, yeah, the Super Bowl is going on, but there's not – I mean, yeah, people will be talking about Marquette, Wisconsin plays. People will probably forget it, but then all eyes will get back on the Bucks after the Super Bowl is over on, on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I do wish that the All-Star game – you know, that would, the NBA would not allow that, but that would be very nice to have, to have a full week to, um, you know – learn the system and, and, you know, let, let, let the guy coach a little, but um, that's not the situation that, uh, that we're in. No, and I have, I have one more thing and yeah. uh, we can potentially move on to whatever yeah, else, we, but yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is a Charlie spin zone or, or a dark place, but um, Ooh, that's a good segment. You'll help me decide. This, here, but, this might be, this might be a new segment spin zone or dark. Spin zone or in the dark? Yeah, I don't know. I like this. Charlie spin zone or Mitchie dark place? Is um, is it possible that John Horst doesn't like what he sees and just and just kind of sat on his hands? Okay, so I I think this is fair because I I saw a lot of people today on Twitter saying the window, like the this, window. In other words, what, what I'm saying is the. the Fuck the window. I mean, the the, the window. Oh, as long as Giannis is on the Mitch, team, we have a window. Mitch, but. I, I, yeah, I fucking hate the window. Like we did, how many years of Aaron Rodgers' window and the window stayed open? Shut the fuck up. Like the window is gonna stay right. open. I did. As I did see point. your tweet this afternoon. I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah. So like, I think it's very possible. The horse is like, yeah, I. This isn't our year, and. You know, we've got Dame and Giannis under contract for the next four years or three years, probably after this. And let me cook in the off season. They got themselves into a. We didn't even mention Robin Lopez getting traded, right? Who is who is um, uh, you know, going to be memed to death by reading a oh, book yeah. like an asshole on the courtside after getting traded. Um, and of course, Valley Sports Wisconsin has to show him multiple times, open for the. Hoping to get the logo out there on Twitter. Yeah, and um, anything to uh, keep yourself in the news. But for, for the trade, the, the trade potentially 
sounds like gave them some flexibility for draft night. And I know nobody wants to hear that, but, um, or I should say flexibility in the off season mm -hmm. allows them to do some more stuff come draft night, um, to re really re rework the roster. And this is just such a transitive time that I don't know, maybe he's kind of like, well, I don't want to yeah. use the term punt, punt the year, but kind of, kind of what, you know, team's still pretty good. It's not like they're, they're not, you know, they're not tanking. You know, obviously, All right. But let uh, me, let me take your dark place and go into a spin zone. So I'm going to well, take, what which, is I, it, no, 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 no. Cause it, cause I, it, it's, it is a Charlie spin zone, but it's also, yeah, it's yeah. But here's how we're going to spin it into a positive. Cause now I, I don't, I don't disagree with this. And, but also let's, let's also play this out and we'll start at the bottom and work our way to the top. Is, is it fair to say that the e, everyone in the East kind of has a flaw Cleveland? Oh yeah. Cleveland is a nice regular season team, but they, they have a coach that doesn't know what he's doing in the playoffs. Got extremely exposed last well, year. And Tibbs, also Tibbs put him in a, in a locker. Uh, yeah, last they're, they're I, I wouldn't trust their coach. And also they're doing this without like two core pieces and it has to really concern you. Oh yeah. hundred percent. As soon as, as soon as you're, you're two young kind of linchpins, you know, your two horses going forward are, are out. Your team takes off and it just kind of exposes the overlap that they had on their roster with yeah. essentially the redundancy of Mobley and Allen and Garland right. and Mitchell. Right. Okay. So, so that's the flaw with the caps. The Knicks do not have any size. Um, they have no size. Now, Hardenstein, I don't know what the Achilles injury was. Obviously, when you ever see out Achilles, that's usually a bad sign. So now you're down to Jericho Sims. That's the only big guy you have. There's no big guys available really on the buyout market. Marcus Morris, maybe. Uh, but are you really shaking your dick for Marcus Morris? You know, not even Drake's shaking his. Um, so it's like, um, you know, I... I, I, they have no size. They have no fucking size whatsoever. And they they will get bullied by Giannis or Chris Stapps or if Embiid's back. Like, they, how do they win in the East without that, without having the size? Yeah. And ever, and yeah, also, that's... too, just to add this to the Knicks, like, everybody talks about depth. Where have we heard that before, Mitch? We, we've been, we've been a deep team. We were a deep team. And guess what? Deep. Being a deep team in, in the playoffs doesn't mean shit. Right. Because you need we learn that. You need like you have like eight guys max that right. you know exactly that you're gonna use. Um, okay. So continuing on with this thesis, Sixers can't win without Joel Embiid. And I don't know when he's gonna be back. And trading Patrick Beverly and Jaden Springer would almost make me think that Daryl Moore is punting on this season. And being like, all right, yeah, we got Buddy Heal to kind of like, yeah, we did something, but I, you could have got Buddy Heal. I could have probably traded for Buddy Heal and put him on my day job team. Like I, anybody could add Buddy Heal. Yeah. Um, Post West could add Buddy Heal. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, I think I was just like to keep the fans happy. Shed Corkmaz finally got out of there, and and Marcus Morris. And it's like, all right, we shed some salary, whatever, good. And I think he holds a free agent next season, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah. And and then you go to the Celtics. And while the Celtics are very good, 
and clearly the favorite. I think there's no disputing that. They are they're Mike, they're the Mike Boonholzer Bucks. They are so boom bust. They have to make threes. And if they don't make threes, they are fucked. And I don't know if this is Charles Lee's influence on that with Joe Maz, but also Missoula is a terrible in-game coach. He never knows when to call a timeout. How do you really trust him? I understand he was one game away from being in the finals, but do you really trust him? So I I think to go back to your original point, to bring it back all the way to the back, I think that, yes, there's a potential that Horse punted a little bit, but I also think Horse knows there are no juggernauts in this East, and this thing can break in a hundred different fucking directions, and it could break the Bucks' way if if everything starts, you know, rowing in the right direction. Yeah, and that's and that's just it. I mean, they gotta they gotta get it they gotta get it going in that direction. Hopefully, pretty soon. Um, right, right. You have you have a stretch where you play the Sixers, you play Charlotte, Charlotte twice. And Chicago before heading out or them playing the Clippers at home. Yeah, it's just a brutal schedule and you're going to have to figure it out. They've played well against the top teams before this bad stretch. So it's not that it's not to say they can't do that again and can't make it happen. So we'll just see, man. It's definitely a uh, definitely buckle up time uh, for the Bucks, And I'm not I'm not panicking. So I'm just going to put it out there right now for the people. And I, I said as much multiple times before we uh, talk about um, anything else. We should probably mention Pat Beverly, who's now in the Bucks, uh, acquired yeah. for campaign and a 2027 pick. Originally, when I saw the deal, I was like, ah, man, I liked Pat Beverly like two years ago. I think I won Pat Beverly last year. And now I yeah it's I, it's definitely it, yeah it's it's twelve months too late probably right it's it's what we ju- we've joked about with Jeff Green right we've won Jeff Green for years and we'll get Jeff Green but it'll be thirty eight be like well we wanted Jeff Green like three years ago um and that's kind of it with Bev I I do think though like him over campaign is a massive upgrade and just in just the what he brings to a team what he can do on the floor. He's not a defensive liability at all. Um, He, I think this, yeah, you just worry that sometimes he lets his emotions get the best of him. And I don't know, maybe with the honest that, that helps settle down, but Pat and Bobby, I mean, that could be, that could start some wars. Uh, And who knows, maybe, maybe doc said, Hey, can you get me Pat Bev? I think we're kind of soft. And I, and because Doc coached Beverly last year, and maybe Doc felt like he was the kind of guy they needed in the locker room. I, I have no idea, but it's I I like it from the sense of it's a better it's better than what you had with campaign. What do you what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean he he's he's a clear upgrade. I don't know if it's a massive upgrade as you said. Yeah, maybe not massive. You're right. It's, I, use, uh, I use massive way it's, too much. It's okay. It's okay to be to be hyperbolic. Um, but uh, we. Yeah, I mean, you basically go from an offensive first backup point guard who I'll echo a lot of people saying, you know, probably made more sense before the Dame trade mm-hmm. to now a a defensive first point guard who is not a bad shooter by any means. I mean, he's he's kind of a 3 and D in, in a point guard's body. You know, he's a 3 and D. He's not scared of anybody. 
Um, no. And that's, that's big. And he is kind of an, I think an extension of doc rivers on the court, you know, he's familiar, played with him. Um, multiple times, right? He was probably, probably so. played with him in, in the Clippers. Yeah. And, you know, kind of very familiar. He played with them last year with the Sixers. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, he did he did with the Sixers. I don't know if he was with the Clippers. He uh Rivers noted that he said he's the most compet- one of the most competitive guys I've ever coached, which isn't really a surprise. And so yeah, I, I think just I think Doc again wanted to surround himself with people that he was co- you know, comfortable with. I also think it helps Pat to be there to talk to guys like, here's what we do in this offense. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of an issue with him and Dame. They went, they've had some back and forths throughout. I'm sure it's a little bit Larry Bird, Michael Jordan hug, like fuck you bitch kind of thing, but I'm sure it'll be cool. I'm sure it'll figure it out. I I don't think that horse would do this without getting Dame sign off. Um, That would be pretty reckless. Um, and I unlike what John Horace has done in the past. So I, I'm not exactly worried about that. But yeah, I, I think that they will it, it adds it adds a nice piece to the box. And I think it, it can really help things, you know, in that bench unit, especially on the perimeter. Yeah. And I do think he can play with Dame alongside, you know, um in in spurts. You know, they tried that with campaign a little, but I just don't think I don't know. Campaign's not, not getting, you know, I think he tries on defense, whatever, but he's just too, too, too wiry and just too small. And again, a pet Bev, he is probably too small to, to guard Giannis, but you know, or someone like that, but he's, he's up for the challenge. You know I mean? Like, right. I think, I think, I think it's possible to, to have both those guys playing together uh, at this point without having really, you know, seen it yet. Obviously, but I just think you know, based on their skill sets, it it should be a little better fit. You know, if you wanted to go that route, and you know that may happen in the postseason or down the stretch of games, or you know, I mean, if you're playing Boston, uh, Holiday and and Derek White, you know, I think right, you know, you now you can probably handle that a little better. Um, I think you put Pat Pat Bev on probably Derek white and you know, it kind of can slow him down a little bit. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it, it not, not, a, not a terrible, you know, they, they didn't give up too much. I mean, obviously if they would have given up the, the Portland pick this year. Oh yeah. Honestly, that, would be, or, that would be, that would, that would yeah. have been, that would have been bad. Yeah. And that's yeah. 20, 2027 is fine. You, you keep that 2024 pick now that either you use and you say, all right, we're going to, we're going to get somebody who, you know, can help our team next year. You know, and we keep kind of stacking up young guys that to build our bench, you know, the versatile players or it's used as an asset. And I understand this is a bad draft. I get it. People might not want to use it, but there, there will be guys that, you know, people talk themselves into that they see, whether they have a great NCAA tournament or they do well at the combine or something else, like even bad drafts, like you start, people start talking themselves into, into shit. So yeah, I think the value you got there was great. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid start and I'll be, I now have to uh, keep my eye out for the uh, Pat Bev pod. And, and I don't know if I'll listen, 
but I'm certainly certainly going to check things out. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm looking at the mock draft, mock draft right now. Yeah. Like, man. Oh, it's sad. It's. I mean, I, yeah. I've never heard of any of these guys except for right. Dalton Connect or whatever. From, oh yeah, uh, the the white kid, the white kid from uh from Tennessee. Yeah, it's bad. Like it is a. It's it's like four European guys in this top five from this guy. Uh, which, you know, while the Wally Walker shots of the world, they're going to struggle with. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's me, but it's uh, there aren't exactly any household names on here. No. And who was the the Collier kid? He's not even. Is he? He's hurt now. Yeah, he's hurt. He's hurt right now. Yeah, no. The... So he's just just completely fallen out of Isaiah. There he is. Nineteen of this guy of this guy's. Wow, uh, NBA NBA draft room. Oh, I yeah, I'm actually looking at the same one. I've never heard of NBA draft room. Maybe that's this is what NBA draft net used to be. Like I'm seeing uh, Adam Bona as the pick for the the Bucks, who's a massive dude. Uh, he would certainly bring you some size for backup big. Um, but but he's he's not necessarily he's just a bit like he he doesn't necessarily get out out on the floor and shoot threes or anything like that. He's a talented player out of UCLA, but I, I would wonder if he'd almost stay another year, honestly, but we'll have to see. We'll just see sort of how it goes. I think as we talked about, or I think you put it well, like we're in a transitive time with the Milwaukee bucks and kind of, kind of where it goes. I mean, we, I feel like we talked about the other teams. I, I guess buyout guys, I, the Bucks have to decide, obviously, whether they want to buy out a guy or not. I don't really understand. I'll be honest, hand up. I looked at it like three or four times. I don't get the idea of like, oh, you can't buy somebody out because you buy somebody out. Then you're back in the apron. Like, it's way too fucking confusing. It's like we're getting to the point of like the salary cap in the, in the NFL where we're just going to be like, oh, it's fake. Like the second apron's fake. It's not actually real. I I don't know. So I know they can't get a guy who made 12 million a year. So that rules out like Kyle Lowry, which I, I could never cheer for Kyle Lowry. I don't know. Like I, that, that one is like, I feel like worse than Grant Williams. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I'm with you though. It's, it's more confusing. I mean, again, they, they did all this to, you know, for the sake of competitive balance, I'm sure. And not having, you know, four max contract guys or something because the, you know, the cap goes up all the time and, you know, they, they want to do it. They want to keep it the competitive balance, but it is pretty confusing. And yeah, one of those aprons is going to be fake, right? Like, I don't know. I guess I'm with you in that. It's, I've known that, you know, like anybody that made over 12.4 million, I've been hearing about that for two months. Um, Right. I know that part of it, but it is a little, I think I did see something about that too, where if the Bucks were to release somebody, that it would it would screw things up or something. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I still trust John Horst. You know. Oh yeah. Um, some people are <laughs> their confidence is has, has wavered, to put it nicely. Or you know, there's there's probably a little bit of hot seat talk out there, sadly. Um, but you know. You know, obviously, if they go out in the first round again, it would be uh, 
I don't think he's in the hot seat, but it would be, it might be the start of it. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think then, yeah, you got to start, you got to start pointing fingers in other places. Right. And you have to, you have to look at what, what's going on and where, where it continues and how do you, how do you stop the bleeding? Cause you, it seems like a lot of it is we're putting band-aids on things and the game trade wall, good and the Bucks would be so bad with Drew Holiday. I mean they'd be maybe a 500 basketball team. Like I don't know. It would have been pretty bad. Yeah. And I I think that sometimes like things and, and this is my whole point about the window. You just kind of never know when the window closes. And the window closed on Bobby and, and Pat. And it is it on a horse for not realizing that in the in the offseason and trying to flip those guys? Yeah, maybe, but could you really sell that Bobby? Bobby was such a chemistry guy. I I don't know. Like, can you really sell that? I'm not sure. And so, like, that's that's part of it. And I think that maybe this is a lesson for him as still a young GM to understand, like, hey, if they're showing signs that they might be washed, like, cut the bait loose. Like, not to transition into the Brewers, but. I think that's some of the, like the Corbin Burns, like why they got rid of Corbin Burns is, you know, his numbers weren't bad last year, but they've regressed since his 2021 yeah. season. And a part of me wonders did they like, they're like, we're not going to take the risk. Like we're not going to take the risk that if we're bad and he's still good, that we'll get a massive haul at in, in J- July when someone's desperate, we're just going to get rid of this now. And make sure that we get something back and not necessarily even take that chance, you know, come J- come July. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, is do you want to get into the, to the no, no, you, talk you, if you, we could do some brewers, but if you want to respond to my Pat Bobby window stuff, feel free. And then we can go, we can go there. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I just think that they don't really have much value and, you know, the extra, they're both on what they have two years after this or something under contract. So, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, I'm sure that probably scared teams off and I guess you're just, you're just kind of stuck with them probably for another year, you know, or maybe, maybe in the off season, you know, it's, you know, another year off the books and. Right. Um, and then teams but, are like, then teams are like, all right, yeah, we could revive them. We could figure this out. We could, you know, and yeah. I think I think and maybe especially... maybe they they could be revived here too. I mean, it's oh yeah, right, exactly. And that's that's my whole point is like now it's on you know it's on Dave Yeager, it's on Rex Coleman, it's on Rivers to figure out how these guys fit in and how do how do you make it happen. So we'll we'll certainly have to see, man. Uh, but yeah, Brewers. I mean, Brewers continue to just be interesting, right? <laughs> um, they're they are not boring at all. It's so funny. That well, we, they're making moves. I, I don't we, know. We we did. I, the, I don't know what. I don't know we, if any of them are like are productive, but they're doing stuff. Well, we did the podcast. What we did the podcast on Wednesday. We're like, oh, first look at the Brewers, and we're kind of t- we're running through the roster a little bit, and then since then everything is blown up. Corey Burns gets traded. They sign Jacob Junis. They add Gary Sanchez, uh, and yeah, they're they're up to something. I don't exactly know what, um, but it's, well, and it's, that's, that's the problem. I mean, it's, but, it's, there's, but like, I, is it a bad thing? Like, is it actually a bad thing that they are kind of just, 
they're kind of fucking around a little bit and we're and they're throwing people off the scent like it, it's frustrating as a fan it's frustrating I mean, yeah, kind of okay stay your case i mean there's just no direction charlie it, it just continues i mean i i don't know i mean their direction is to i guess try to make the playoffs but certainly not like be good enough to win a championship and you know that's i guess it is what it is and you know i mean it it so you you, you again yes they traded corbin burns not super um, against that, but you probably waited a little too long to do so, and then you have to take, you know, kind of a B package that you know it's not. I don't think it's terrible. I don't know. I don't know much about Ortiz. I know DL Hall was was like the Orioles' top prospect. You know, maybe I don't know two years like last year, two years ago. You know, he's he's been a solid prospect, but. Um, struggled a bit in the big leagues last year and was certainly expendable for the, for the Orioles. And um, I mean, the pick is kind of sneaky, nice actually too, that they got, um, I think having the 34th pick or whatever oh, it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. In the, absolutely. In the Major league baseball draft is decent, but yeah. Um, and you have 2.5 million in slot money too, which I mean, for a small market team, that's, that's not nothing. Yeah. But um then you take that fifteen million and sign Junis and Gary Sanchez. I mean, you know, I guess Junis is probably more exciting of the two to me. I mean, I think he was decent last year. I think he had a three eight seven ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he's like a, he's like in the four and a halfs for his career. So I mean, well, I mean, he, but guys, I mean, listen, guys can guys can get guys can get better as their as their year goes on. You know what I mean? Like that's that's definitely that's definitely true. And I I mean, do you, I trust the Brewers with pitching probably more than more than anything, more than anything like that they do, right? Like if they they believe in a pitcher, like they are they are wrong from time to time. They'll you know right, but they have hit on so many guys where we're like, how the fuck, how the fuck is this working? How how is this working? So I. I don't do that. So how about this? This is uh from John Heyman. Can I can I read you this? This is gonna blow your mind. You're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. I might have to okay. send send a friend to the pod. Um this, I've, this, I've, this it's, it's Heyman, so there's already a grain of salt in my hand. Yeah, it's John Heyman. Have you seen this? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Through it seem though it seems odd. <laughs> Good grammar there. Uh the Brewers use the money on Bert. The saved on Burns, $15.6 million, to sign Jacob Junis and Gary Sanchez. Brewers' analytic models apparently suggest this may work better. They are not giving up on 2024, and rival clubs said they would be surprised if their other star free agents to be, Devin Williams and Willie Adamas, are traded anytime soon. Wow. Yeah. So, so their models think that they are better with uh with with these guys than they were last year which is wild to think about um i mean your models can tell you whatever the fuck they want i mean whatever you want them to tell you i mean but i I, of course they're gonna say that well and then mitch you you do know like when we like again i don't think this is gonna be a 2018 season but you know, like our pitching staff in 2018 was not good, 
and we still were awesome that season. You know yeah, who was that? They had, good, they, they, had, they had a fantastic – probably a better lineup than what we're going to have this year. I mean, Julius Chassin and Chase Anderson started 65 starts combined. Yeah. Junior Guerra Chass- had – Chassin pitched a lot in the postseason. He was I, good I, I in the postseason. Uh, Junior Guerra, 26 starts. Brett Suter, 16, 18. Wade Miley, 16. Peralta, 14. Davies, 14, 13. Brandon Woodruff had four. Gio Gonzalez had five. Remember Gio, the Gio Gonzalez era? What was your favorite Gio yeah. Gonzalez moment? Uh, didn't have many. He wasn't yeah. there very long. Well, he was here. The, did he come back the next year? I think so. Yeah, I think that we had a couple. We had a couple of Gio stints. No one, no one was worse than Chichi Gonzalez. Um, not related, but oh my god, Chichi Gonzalez was terrible. Um, so yeah, I look. I I don't know exactly. So. We have known to have a podcast, Jinx. Would there be anything funnier than getting Blake Snell on a one-year or like a two-year deal for like fifty million dollars? Uh, I mean that that would be that would help for sure. I mean, otherwise their rotation is is pretty bad. And it's um, <laughs> pardon me, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's 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 just unproven. I think I think it's can we say that? Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're expecting the gasser to come up and and you know be an animal. I'm I'm uh, not expecting anything. I'm just so like, and I'm pulling this from video. Saying the organization is going to have to. But okay, so it so yes, it it is it is deep, but not necessarily. Someone needs to rise to the top. To that, to your point, I I agree with that. Someone needs to replace Freddie Peralta's output. If you're saying, okay, the output of Corbin Burns is now being taken over by Freddie Peralta, we need somebody else to replace that output. And so it's Peralta, it's Miley, it's D.L. Hall, Colin Ray, Junis, Joe Ross, Aaron Ashby, Gasser, Robert Gasser, Jacob Mizorowski, Jansen Junk, Carlos Rodriguez. I forget McHenry's first name. I apologize. Um, so that's, I mean, one of those, you have a lot of young guys in there and all it takes is one to kind of, kind of break through. Right. Um, I'm not saying I mean, if, and, if and, Joe Ross pitch, pitch throws a single pitch for the major league baseball club this year, I'd be, you're out. I'd be, I mean, <laughs> that'd be worse than Colin Ray. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like from the, from the directors that brought you Colin Ray, Joe Ross. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like, like, I could live with, like, you know, riding with Gasser and Hall and, you know, no opening day rotation, not opening day starter, obviously. Um, But that's going to be Freddie Peralta now, who is now going to have to – he'll have a a more important role, uh, clearly, than what he's had. I mean, he's he's been – you know, he's been a, a, a good pitcher at, you know, more often mm-hmm. than not uh, the last couple seasons. Now you're the opening day starter, presumably. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, you're moving up a seat basically. So I, I agree. I agree that there's, there's definitely some pressure on Fred and he's sometimes has not been the best in terms of handling pressure. And that that's going to be something that we'll certainly talk about and see, see where it all goes. But we, Gotta even though pitchers and catchers report soon, I feel like we're not done. Like there are still guys out there. And so we'll you never know. Don't know 
don't know until you know, right? And now that you have a guy in Gary Sanchez who's probably your DH, you know, is someone going to get moved? Or are they going to keep everybody and basically kind of load manage trio in a way, which I I don't hate the idea of like I, I, I think Jackson Trio should get a lot of at bats, but I'm probably okay if Jackson Trio, you know, is not necessarily is not necessarily starting every game, right? Like I, I think that that's a lot to ask for of a young guy. Oh wow. I'm sorry I'm watching UAB Florida Atlantic it's a wild game. Uh and but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think they'll make a trade or do you think that they'll keep everybody together? Uh, I, well, the, the Sanchez move kind of puzzles me more than Junis, obviously. I mean, they need pitching right. depth and, and, you know, I just don't really, I mean, you already, you had Hazi and do they have Austin they, Nola now? Too? They did. Yeah. They got us Nola. I mean, Nola and Haas did not have, did not have good years and Haas, no. Haas had some power, but he's not really. I don't know. I don't take him that seriously. I think, I think Sanchez is a much better backup option. And but I, I would assume that he's going to be more of that DH than than anything else. Yeah, I mean, let's see here. I'm. He's got power. It was okay. Um, Nineteen homers last year. Sanchez in 75 games. I mean, that's a lot better than 2022 for him, where he looked like he was completely done and uh, kind of come back. I mean, I guess Eric Hazy, I don't know. I just feel like did Gary Sanchez sign here to, to not, you know, to be a backup catcher? Or, you know, I get, I guess the DH helps. Obviously, they're going to play with that, I'm sure. Um, and and manipulate the DH and have give everybody, you know, time off. Um, Garrett Mitchell, where's he at? Cause if, if he would have to, you know, if you're talking about Chirio not playing every day, I'm sure Garrett Mitchell would play, take a lot of center field, assuming he's, he's healthy. I don't re- he should be good to go. Right. Right. Yeah. He, I think, yeah, that's that shoulder injury is, is a rough one. Um, but yeah, he should be, he should be all right. Like, and, and yeah, maybe also too, I don't know, maybe the shoulder isn't like it, it's taking a little longer to heal. It's a labrum tear. I mean, that's not a, it's not a great injury for an outfielder have. So maybe it's a little bit of that too. I, I don't know. Well, again, I, I would not be surprised. If they're like, Hey, we traded Garrett Mitchell to Seattle for Brian Wu, who's a really talented pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. I, who knows, right? Like it could certainly happen or, you know, I'm, yeah, they're just all, you know, I think like this baseball off season, we got, we got pitchers and catchers in like a week, don't we? I know that's the crazy thing, but I still think, I still think moves are going to be made, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we, we all know baseball off season is kind of a snail's pace. Oh yeah. 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 It's terrible. We got to fix that. That's another story for another time. All right, we got a we had a hard out, but Super Bowl prediction. Who you got? Oh man, the hard hitting question for the end. Uh, give me the Niners, honestly. Okay, fuck it. All right, all right. It You're... it feels like it's everybody's on the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, 
it's going to be probably a pretty good game. I don't think the Chiefs' offense is is as great as it was in 2020, which ironically it does scare me a little that yeah. what happened the last time the Niners and Chiefs played uh, in, in an election year in the Super Bowl. Buddy, and uh, not only that, but I went to Europe, and guess where I'm going ne- next week? Europe. Yeah. Yeah, oh. this is fucking deja vu, man. <laughs> so <laughs> gas prices are fucking skyrocketing all of a sudden. Oh. I mean, it's just. Oh, God. Oh. It, again, we got tornadoes in Wisconsin in February. I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on. But, um, yeah, so it'll, pro- it'll probably be a, like a similar type game to that, that one. I mean, where it was. But I think the Niners probably hold on and um, spread. The Niners are favored, right? Yes, they're still favored by two. Yeah, that's um, just the way people talk. It's it, that's surprising, um, right? I do. Well, it's, it's virtually a pick 'em. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I, I, it's, I just, it's hard to not go with Mahomes and also Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan just gets tight like he he really does and there are like three plays in both the divisional round and the and the championship round where the 49ers aren't there and it's and it's one of the other teams so i i don't know i i'm going to take Kansas City i hear what you're saying um i just think it's going to be the Chiefs and i think the league the NFL has a little bit of a parity problem um, which is crazy. Oh, they crazy always, they the always thing. have. That's yeah. That's, that's the that's the the dirty secret. The astronaut meme I mean, with the the astronaut meme with the gun always have. Yeah, that's you, you might be right. So I mean, the Patriots were were in the Super Bowl every other year for twenty years. Yep. And uh, you know, I mean, okay, I guess, but it's just whoever has the best quarterback is probably right. going to be pretty damn good for sure. And, All right. Yeah. Oh no, God. Well, I just, I don't know, I'm pretty much done, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's, everybody thinks it's a league built on parity. All right. Cause it, because they play one game a week and, you know, have time to prepare. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very competitive league. Don't get me wrong. And all the games seem to be close and, you know, um, but there's no question that it, it basically one team passes the torch to the other. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I uh all right, last 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 question. Um what do you think the BAC is uh at the Pfizer for National Marquette Day at at tip off at five o'clock against the Johnnies? Probably probably pretty pretty high, I would say, overall. Um point one oh, I would yeah, say. Oh yeah. Oh that place is gonna be rocking. Cannot wait. Excited for that. Uh we uh will uh we'll be there. I'll recap on Monday. Um, we will see you guys on Monday. We'll see how many uh, people our good friend Murph can name drop while he's in Vegas. Um, yeah, we're going I was for gonna, like I was gonna I was gonna save that for after the pod. <laughs> oh, I added it in. All right, all right, it's time to go before I get in trouble. All right, see you guys. I'll I'll be back Monday. Peace, peace.